Welcome to the Frank Take, everybody. We are back. It is week five in the NFL, Friday morning. We're just coming off of a uh, Thursday night game between the Rams and the Seahawks. Uh, We've got a lot of good stuff on the show today. We're going to talk a little bit about that Rams-Seahawks game. Uh, We obviously know some stuff went down last night in that game, and then we'll be covering our quarter season power rankings, top 10, uh, not not the full 32. Uh, We'll be putting that on the Instagram later today. And then our weekly uh, spread picks. So we'll be doing five of those for week five. Uh, just our, our five games that we want to talk about. There's some good ones this week, as always. Um, so we'll get right into it. Cowboy, or I mean, uh, Seahawks and Rams. Alec, uh, you obviously watched that game intently last night. Uh, there's a lot to break down here. Let me hear some of your, some of your takeaways and your points on that game last night. <laughs> Well, I mean, we have to start just acknowledging Russell's injury here and what's going to come of that. Obviously, that's kind of the focal point of what's going to be coming down the uh, next few weeks for the Seahawks. He's going to meet a uh, specialist today in L.A., and that's going to be big, and we'll see what comes out about that. But, you know, there's no point in really speculating on it at this point. We're just going to find out. But, you know, in terms of what I saw um, last night, you know, I saw a team, I saw the Seahawks in the first half that I was impressed with how I thought we controlled the game. I understand that the Rams had a lot more, uh, time of possession in the first half. It's been kind of a problem for us the whole year, but what really frustrated me about the first half was I thought the defense played really well, um, in the first half, we'll get to the second half, but the offense, you know, it's a hard defense. The Rams are good, but like we, we had opportunities. So, there's a couple I want to point out. The first one was when we had the fourth down, the the fourth and two that we decided to go for. And I loved going for it there. I thought that was the right call, except the play call was ridiculous. We had we ran four straight runs to Alex Collins, first, second, third, and fourth down. I mean, it's absurd. Like, how can you take the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands for four straight plays in a really like, backup running back's hand? Yeah, exactly. It's absolutely absurd. I, I was like, and running it on third down there is okay with me, especially when I saw that they were going to try to go for it on fourth. So at first I was mad about the third down run call, but then I was like, you know what? I understand it because you, you're playing, you have two plays here. So you're going to hand it off on third down. Then you're going to put the ball in your best player's hands on fourth down. No, they ran it again. It was like the same play. I mean, they ran it right to Aaron Donald too. I was like, that is like maybe the dumbest play call of the year. I'm not even lying. I mean, it was ridiculous, but I'm sure I have a hard time believing that Russell or Shane Waldron wanted to do that. I think Pete had his, his hand all over it. Like he usually does He medals and everything. And it's very frustrating. And then obviously the other missed opportunity in the first half was we go down, we have a really nice two minute drive at the end of the, at the end of the first half, we get down there and throw a touchdown to uh, Tyler Lockett and then, but it gets called back for a hold on Dwayne Brown. And it was a hold. It was, it was a fair call. I, I didn't, I didn't complain about that, but then, you know, we have a really makeable kick and Myers has been really good and misses the 35 yarder. So you just, you leave points on the board and I didn't feel very good because we were up seven to three going into half, but it felt like we could be up maybe 14 to three or 10 to three even or something, you know, show more points for it. And then, you know, obviously the second half was just a nightmare. I mean, the Rams came out, you know, and they were just, they were just like better. I mean, they were executing better. Stafford was a little off last night, but I mean, then again, we saw once again, you know, just the uh, lack of coverage, lack of, uh, you know, being disciplined in zone coverage, just giving way too much space, too much room over the middle. I mean, Robert Woods was just cooking us all night. Um, It was, it was a real rough, rough second half. We give up over 300 yards in the second half, which is just, really pathetic. And then of course, Russell gets hurt. And I, and I understand that Gino, you know, came into the game and played well, but I mean, they weren't preparing for Gino and, and Gino is like not a bad backup, but he's, he's not Russell Wilson. So going forward, that's not going to be sustainable. Um, I thought the, honestly, I thought the offensive line played pretty well last night and considering the front they were going up against and considering the fact that it's the issues they've given us, obviously in the past, Russell took two sacks. Both of them were his fault. Um, if it, two sacks is what I remember, but in the two that I remember were definitely both his fault. So, you know, I thought the offensive line did a nice job, um, but, you know, I'll let you speak for a little bit and then I'll kind of get, I'll kind of focus in on two key guys in the Seahawks organization right now. And 
the things that I'm seeing and what's very scary to me, but yeah. it was a really bad showing in the second half, especially on defense. Yeah, I think the the Rams definitely uh, came out hot in the second half. And I don't know. I mean, the, I know you're going to talk about these guys as well, but Jamal Adams has just been so unimpressive um, throughout all of this. And it's especially when you're considering what you gave up for him. Um, I mean, there was a play last night where, I mean, he he gets there and then he just misreads the ball. Like Deshaun Jackson just comes back to it and reacts quicker. And I mean, Jamal Adams didn't just misread it a little bit. Like he's completely turned around. And I feel like there's so many plays like that where he's just out of position. He doesn't know where to put his body in the air. I mean, there's a play in the wild card game last year against the Rams where Cooper Cup got up and caught it over him. And it was because Jamal was stumbling around and, you know, didn't have his position right. Like it, he just consistently has issues in coverage. And, uh, you know, that's affected Seattle for a long time. And when you give up what you did, not only the picks, but let's remember they just gave him a big contract too. I mean, he's just, he's got to be better. I just don't see, I don't know how much different this defense would be without Jamal Adams. Um, you know, they're already bottom feeders right now. Uh, I, I don't know if it could get much worse without Jamal. I don't think he's making a huge impact. Um, it honestly feels like Quandre Diggs this year has had a, a bigger impact than, than Jamal. So way, way bigger, yeah. way bigger. Yeah. Not even close. And you guys gave up nothing for him, you know, so it's that's that's tough to see there. But, um, yeah, I know you're going to talk about Jamal. Were you kind of seeing some of that stuff, too? Or I don't know, how do the Seahawks solve that situation? Are they going to stick with him long term? Or, uh, you know, if the season continues like this, do they try and trade him out, get rid of the contract? Uh, I don't even know, man. It, it's I was really frustrated last night and, you know, the, the Deshaun Jackson play was, was really rough. And, and honestly, like that plays a little bit, it's a little difficult for him in that moment. I'm actually, that's not the play that I even was focusing on too much because Matthew Stafford underthrew the ball by like 10 yards. So like, but the, but the bigger issue is Jamal never got his head around. So if he turns his head around, he can at least make a play on the ball, maybe break up the pass. Um, if he can't, you know, pick it off or whatever. But that the, the thing that really scared me and concerned me is for a guy that's <clears throat> athletic as he is and everything, the, the touchdown to Tyler Higby, like Tyler Higby made Jamal Adams look slow and silly in coverage. I mean, Higby didn't even run that complicated route. It was just a simple out route to the pylon. And I mean, he just ran right by him. I mean, it was it was bad. It was a nice throw and and yeah. whatever. But I mean, it was like a pitch, it was pitch and catch against, you know, Jamal Adams on a tight end who is a good player, but he's not, it's not Travis Kelsey, you know, it, it was, or Darren Waller. It was unbelievable to me that, you know, he just got burned like that in man coverage. And then, you know, the other issue is really, I just don't know if we we're like not blitzing him as much this year, you know, Jamal's kind of a, he's an interesting player. This is not an indictment on him as a football player. Cause I still think he's really dynamic, but I just don't know if we're using him correctly. Cause he's, he's not really a, safety he's kind of a he's more of a linebacker masquerading as a safety because he's great around the line of scrimmage but the thing is he hasn't even been effective there so that's what is like also concerning me but i also don't think we're using him the right way yeah and then we're not like using we're not like creating enough opportunities for him like we did last year where he's rushing and like being an impact in the game like he's gonna make mistakes and he kind of that's kind of the way he plays he's very free like free form and whatever but i think he we need to find a way to use him to really utilize his skill set. We did an okay job of it last year, especially towards the end of the season, but we've got to figure something out because the other thing is like teams, whenever he's in coverage, like the Rams were just going after him last night. And I would too. I mean, why not? He's, he's been so like, you know, he's been a liability in coverage. So like on film, you know, good quarterbacks and good offenses and good play callers are gonna be like, well, we're going to go after, we're going to go after Jamal. Like, why not? He can't, he can't stop anything. And then, you know, that's, that leads, you know, it'll eventually lead into the Pete Carroll conversation, which I will do that in a minute because that's where really the concern lies for me, and I'll get into it in a minute. But yeah, Jamal kind of, I don't know. We got to figure out a way to use him, utilize his skill set, and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's, uh, and if you can't, I mean, maybe you have to look at trading him. You obviously wouldn't get as much back, especially with the contract. But uh, I mean, it feels like a guy where you're like, I mean, come on, we we should be able to find a spot for him. Um, like he, like you said, he's really dynamic. So yeah, I mean, it's a tough situation for Seattle right now. It's not looking good. Um, and you know, there's uh, winning solves a lot of things and Seattle has done a lot of winning over the last decade. Um, but when you look at, you know, if, if Russ is looking like he's going to be out for extended time, uh, Seattle could, 
you know, the wheels could fall off quickly. And, um, a lot of things get exposed when you're two and seven, two and six, you know, no matter how good your roster is. So, um, yeah. But then if we, if we shift to Pete Carroll, obviously some, some tough play calling and, you know, the, the clock management's a little rough that drive in the second quarter. I don't know if I agree to some of that. Um, yeah. I mean, I know you had some, some thoughts on Pete Carroll. Yeah. So this is kind of the, this is the crux of the issue. So I need to be careful with what I say here because like, let me start with, you know, Pete's been really great for the organization. Um, he, I mean, he's done so many great things for the Seahawks. He's been, he's, you know, he's the greatest coach and I mean, he's probably the greatest coach in the history of the Seahawks. I don't know how you really could argue. I know people like Mike Holmgren, but it's Pete Carroll and he's, he's done so many great things for, for the organization. With that being said, it is time to move on. He, if, if I were in charge, I would fire him the day after the season ends, unless we somehow win the Super Bowl. We could get to the Super Bowl and lose it. And I would still fire him because I think at this point, like what, what more, like, do you need to see? Like, I think the ceiling right now for this team is divisional round. That's the ceiling. And I think that's going to always be the ceiling under him because you know why? Because I don't feel like Pete is willing to adapt his philosophy enough to play to the strengths of his roster. So Pete had the perfect roster in, you know, 2013, 2014 with those Super Bowl teams for the way he likes to play. He had a great run blocking offensive line, like a great run. Like it was one of the best in the league at run blocking. People always talked about the offensive line. You know, it's been bad in Seattle, but that those years, they were great against the run uh, blocking for the run. He obviously had the Legion of Boom and a great defense, great pass rusher. So he could play a very simple scheme defensively that he likes to do and that, you know, single high and cover three cover one stuff. And it was perfect. Cause what, what else are you like? No one could figure it out because of how well executed it was. And then he had obviously Marshawn Lynch. That's like, that is like a Pete Carroll football team. Like that is why we were able to be so successful with him. Cause that roster was set up perfectly to what he likes to do schematically and his philosophy on the game of football. That's not how we're set up right now. We can be very successful. Like we have a roster that can be successful, but you have to play to your strengths. And what is the strength of this roster? Well, it's your quarterback and it's your receivers. So you, like, I'm not saying like spread it out and just run like five wide every play and all that, but he's like unwilling, I think, to move away from that. I mean, five wide and spread it out might not be the worst strategy with this team, honestly. No, no, it's it's better than what we've been doing. Cause like the thing is you have, you have to understand that like when you look at this roster, like, I mean, every, it goes as Russell Wilson goes. So like, you know, his injury and whatever, we'll see. But like just in general, like it goes as he goes. So you have to be able to put the ball in his hands. So like last night, like the run on fourth and two, I, I've i never – like it was the most bizarre like play call like I think I've seen in a long, long time. Because I was like, what are you like – what are you doing here? Like – you take the ball out of, you know, Russell's hands and it's just these little things that he does. And then there's obviously the clock management, but then this is where I think the real argument is it's, it's on the defense because Pete Carroll is a defensive coach and we have now given up 450 yards in four straight games, which ties an NFL record. And what more do you like, Yeah. what more do you need? And we're, and then last week, this is the, this is the craziest thing to me too. So last week we played a lot of dime. Ryan Neal, one of our safeties who played really well last week. He was playing a bunch against San Francisco. He got like two snaps last night. And it's it doesn't make any sense to me. Like Ryan Neal was playing super well. You had a lot of success in dime. And the Rams have all these different packages where you need DBs on the field. Like you just need them. Yeah. And instead we had Jordan Brooks playing. And I like Jordan Brooks. He's a good player. He was really bad last night, but he's a good player. And but you're asking him to isolate on matchups. Like Jordan Brooks spent time on Robert Woods and Cooper cup last night. Why, why like get out of your base, get out of base defense, put like guys on the field that can match up with the offenses that you're seeing. Like, I know you want to play your base and your scheme and all that stuff, but sometimes it doesn't work. Like it's, it depends on the offense that you're running and you need to be able to adapt and change like as it goes. And like, it was like people always talk about how if you're not adapting, like you're, you're not winning. Well, yeah, that's true. But then stay true to your word. Like you, yeah. you've got to be more like he just has to adapt more. And I just don't think he can. I don't think he's willing to. And, you know, you have all these new like younger coaches and like really smart, like X's and O's guys coming in that have all these creative things that they do. And 
I mean, with this soft zone coverage that like the Seahawks are running and everything, I mean, teams are just picking it apart and it's so easy. Yeah. And then also you don't even have a pass rush that it can effectively get after the quarterback. Well, so there's that to Yeah. There's no debate. I mean, they're, they're, their defensive pack and the personnel that they have isn't set up to be successful with Pete's scheme. Like he's still playing it. Like they've got the Legion of boom back there and they absolutely don't. So I do agree with you there. Like Pete does need to adapt and there's a lot of stuff that needs to be changed. And, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, complexities in that I'm sure. But one thing I worry about is, I mean, if Seattle actually, is really bad this year. And part of that's because Russ misses and whatever, let's say they finish at six and 11. Um, you let go of Pete Carroll. I, I feel like you're going to lose a lot of other pieces. Like there's going to be collateral damage there. Um, and I, I don't know, like it's a risky move to lose a coach and I get it. He isn't, he hasn't adapted and you know, but I don't know, man, I, I feel like if you, if you get Pete out of there, Maybe Russ goes too. I don't know how loyal he actually is to Seattle. I know he loves Pete. I know he he wants to win. Um, and and you know part of this is the media just whispering and all that. So it could be that too. But I don't know. I feel like you you get rid of Pete, you might be risking something else. Uh, you know, there's you know Jamal Adams came over here to win, and obviously he hasn't really helped with that. But maybe he jumps ship. I just feel like you could be risking a lot by by letting Pete Carroll go, even if it is the right move. Yeah. And I, and I understand that, um, for sure, but here's the, here's the thing. I, I get the sense that Pete and Russ, their relationship's a little tense right now. I, I know there was all the reports in the off season. I think it was totally overblown, but it's definitely not a perfect relationship right now. I think those guys don't see eye to eye on everything. So I wonder how their relationship is behind, uh, closed doors, but you know, here's the thing Here, here's, I think maybe the, the greatest, like, the biggest like summation of what I can like of all my thoughts as to why, like if it was my choice, I would, I would move on is because when you have an elite, great franchise quarterback, one of the best players in the league, which we do, you have like, that is like the time, like with that, like that's the, that is like the focal like point in the main foundation of going to win a Super Bowl. Like you need that unless you've got like an all-star defense or something, but that's not really how it works in today's NFL. You need a good quarterback and we have that. And I just don't think Pete is willing to like, just give the rain, like not give the reins, but just let Russell kind of take us and lead like the way that we're going to need him to, to actually get to where we need to go. The roster has, you know, some shortcomings for sure, but I think it's a, it's a roster that, can at least go and compete to get to a Super Bowl, but I just don't think with Pete Carroll with the with his philosophy and some of the things he holds us back from, I don't think the ceiling is any higher than the divisional round. And if and I'm not, I don't want to be satisfied considering the quarterback that we have with just getting to a divisional round because I don't think we can get by it with him. I, I think it's been it's been eight years since we made a Super Bowl. Like that's long enough to know that like that was a whole different like team. I mean, it was the same quarterback, but the team was completely different other than like a few main pieces. So like, I just think at this point it's um, like the ceiling has been reached and I'm not really wanting to settle for that because you don't want to waste like more opportunities for Russell to like, you know, lead us to that. And then what, and then the other thing is if that relationship is indeed, you know, bad, like if it's kind of tense, the one thing that I will say is if you had to pick between Russell and Pete and you pick Pete, it'd be like the biggest mistake in the history of the league. No so, doubt. No doubt. So, and, but that's what I'm worried about. So like I would, I would move on from Pete because I think Russell would, I think he, I think he does like Pete and I think Pete's done a lot, but I think Russell would definitely welcome a head coach. That's a little bit more yeah. offense centric and a little bit more like current state of the NFL centric. Yeah. I mean, I, if it comes down to Pete and Russ and there's a choice, I think that's a no brainer and you got to let Pete go. Uh, either way, that's going to be some, some tension, but yeah, I mean the big thoughts and, and I, I said before this year, I thought Seattle, and I think we both said that Seattle's a divisional round team. That's where their, their uh, limit has been. And uh, I think we saw that pretty early this year and um, you know, Pete is, yeah, there's going to be questions in the off season, uh, depending on how this season goes. So a lot to watch with Seattle. Um, yeah, it was good to hear your thoughts on that. I think it's going to be uh, really interesting to just see how this season progresses and kind of uncharted territory for Seattle as they have uh, potentially lost their starting quarterback for a couple of weeks. Um, 
Moving on to our quarter season power rankings. Uh, we've, we've listed out our top 10 teams. The NFL used to be cut nicely where we had 16 games and, you know, four, 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 you know, quarter system, not anymore, but we're going to say going into week five, that's the, uh, the quarter mark. So we'll start with our power rankings. Um, I'll, we'll start with number 10. Okay. Um, and we'll just kind of go back and forth on this. My number 10 is the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I've got them at 10 because, you know, obviously, so they're, they're three and one. And, uh, I, I think they've seen better days. Uh, the Ravens in past years, I think have generally been higher than 10. Um, but they've shown a lot of resilience this year. That's the thing that stands out to me about the Ravens. I mean, there's a lot of gritty games. Uh, they, they lost a tough one on opening day to Vegas. And it was like, then they were down 14 in, uh, or against Kansas city. And, you know, it's looking like, Oh, and two is in the future and they rally back. And I mean, the first time that they beat Kansas city in Lamar career, Lamar's career, like that's a huge win. Um, and then, you know, they, they yank one out in Detroit, you know, really freakish game and then, you know, beat Denver. So, I mean, they're three and one, they're surviving. They've got a lot of injuries and I don't know, you know, some of those guys aren't coming back. Some of them are, but, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of, uh, good things in the Ravens, I think. And one of the things that stands out to me, how well they run the ball and pass it this year, you know, Lamar is top 10 in passing this season. And, uh, he is, I believe he's in third place in completed passes of over 20 yards, which is pretty unheard of for Lamar. Um, their offense looks different this year. Hollywood Brown, you know, he's not great, but you know, at least he's serving his purpose this year. He's stretching the defense a little bit. They've got Watkins in there. He's been a difference maker. Um, The Ravens, I think have solidified themselves as a top 10 team so far this season. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Uh, So my number 10 team is, is the Browns. And um, you know, I I like the Browns. I really like their defense right now. Miles Garrett is like, I think Miles Garrett is probably going to win defensive player of the year. I mean, I, like I've watched him the Ray last eggs. No, 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 no. What happens when he gets the inter- interceptions? <laughs> yeah, I know. But the interception luck is going to run out. I don't think the sack, I don't think the sacks will. Miles Garrett has six sacks in, uh, in four games. And I, I think that's going to, I think that's something that could continue. I actually think Miles Garrett can probably get close to 20. And if he gets there and he might even hit it. And if he hits What's 20, the record? Then, 22 and a half. Something I like think that. so. I think so. And with an extra game, who knows? But uh, so they've got that. So they've got a really, really good defense. If you look at their, if their last two, uh, last two games, you know, they played the bears and granted the bears are not, no, you know, juggernaut offense, but they just completely shut that down. And then I was extremely impressed with what they did um, at Minnesota. That, that was an offense that was really humming. I mean, the record wasn't amazing, but I mean, they just torch the Seahawks. Granted, that's not that hard to do. Yeah. But um, they've got a really, like, good uh, defense, and they held the Vikings to seven points, which I think is, like, a very impressive thing. So the Browns have, a, in my opinion, a top-five defense. I think the only thing that concerns me about the Browns, though, I, their offense is, for me, has left a little bit to be desired. I just worry about um, – you know, I worry about, I worry about Baker. Baker's been okay, but he, I mean, if you look at his numbers, 65% completion, two touchdowns, two picks this year, 935 yards. I mean, they obviously have the two headed monster running the ball mm-hmm. with uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And that's very dynamic pass catching out of the backfield and whatnot. I just worry about their ability to stretch the field, you know, the vertical passing game. It hasn't really been there. Um, so I think that's probably my biggest like hesitation with the Browns. But the Browns are going to be in games against everyone because of that defense. It's very impressive. And and Miles Garrett's just a freak. So yeah, the Browns are a good team, but I think there's some a little bit of some concerns for me with Baker and some of that to watch. So you have Baltimore at nine then or a little higher? Yeah, yes, I do. I just have I haven't flipped. So yeah, we have Baltimore and Cleveland flipped. I'm interested because um it's basically, I mean, it's the Miles Garrett reasons that you mentioned that pretty much propelled. Uh, Cleveland to number nine. That's why I have them ahead of Baltimore. I think that defense is incredible. And and when you think about it, they're only in week five and it's a ton of new pieces. So in theory, they're just going to get better. Uh, I mean, you know, John Johnson in the back end and, and Jadavian Clowney on the line. And, you know, they've, they've got different guys in there. Um, and, you know, they drafted a corner too. So, I mean, they've got different guys that are going to keep getting better um, and, you know, keep gelling together. I, I don't know. I think that defense is going to be 
nasty this season. And then if you look at the offense, uh, Odell and Baker, for whatever reason, can't connect. They never have. Uh, I don't know if they ever will. Um, and I, I do agree with you. The Browns offense does leave a lot to be desired, but I think when the, when the Browns and Ravens meet in November, December, it's two late season meetings. It's really interesting scheduling. Uh, it's going to be two run heavy teams. It's going to be uh, gritty and I'll take the Browns. I, I think that, that, you know, I, I just think their ability to run with those two guys power it down your throat. I think their offensive line is better. I think the Ravens defense isn't as good as the Browns. I don't think it's necessarily in the same ballpark. Um, and I don't know. I, I like the Browns in that matchup slightly. I think it's going to be, it's going to be close games, but um, yeah, I, I had Cleveland over Baltimore uh, at this point, but I'm interested to hear what, uh, what makes you more confident in Baltimore through the first five weeks. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with what you said, and this is really close. I mean, I'm having, I, I, I actually had flipped these like pretty late. I had Cleveland nine, like you did, but I flipped it late. And the reason I flipped it is I think it's, it's the Lamar Jackson factor. I just feel like in the NFL, when you have a quarterback that you, the quarterback play is just obviously so important. And I think there's a pretty distinct advantage for the Ravens there. I think Lamar's just his dynamic playmaking ability. He's, he looks really, like he's really improving. his like, his throwing mechanics and he just looks better and better throwing the ball. It's a big deal. Obviously his ability to run and make, you know, dynamic things happen. I just think the Ravens, even with the Browns, um, you know, great two headed like monster, I think the Ravens are a little scarier offensively. This just at least right now, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think their defense is good enough where as good as the Browns defense is, and as good as miles Garrett is, um, I just right now, I think the Ravens would actually be able to pull that game out because of the Lamar Jackson play. But I actually really want to watch these teams play late in the season because those are going to be really physical, fun games to watch for sure. Definitely. Yeah, those are going to be uh, those are going to be some good ones. So, yeah, we flip flopped those. Um, let's go to. Oh, man. So let's go to number eight. Um, I've got Kansas City at number eight at two and two. Interesting. And uh, here's the reason. So two and two, I've got them at number eight. Um, I I definitely think they're a top 10 team. I can't leave Kansas City out of the top 10. But when you look at them, frankly, they should be one and three. Um, I, they, they, they should have lost to the Browns first week. I mean, the Browns kind of threw that game away. I don't know how much of that one you watched, uh, but the tide turned quick. I mean, the Browns were controlling it all, and then they give up a freak 75-yard touchdown to Tyreek Hill on a ball that got misjudged in the air, and then uh, their punter fumbles with the snap, and they give him another touchdown, and you know, and then they're driving downfield again, and Baker throws a stupid interception. So, I mean, they the, the Browns really should have won that first game, and then you look at uh, you look at the. Chiefs win their legitimate win last week against Philly. And it really wasn't that impressive. I mean, they, they couldn't put them away. Philly scores 30 points on them. It's 42 to 30. I mean, fortunately Philly has nobody in the secondary absolutely couldn't match up with Tyreek Hill. I mean, it was just like Madden Mahomes is just launching it deep to Hill play after play. Um, but I don't know. I, I think there's a lot with Kansas city that leaves them vulnerable. I think there's, um, there's just a lot of weakness on that defense. It's Tyron Matthew and Chris Jones and a bunch of other, you know, a bunch of other dudes just running around. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not super confident. I think there's, there's definitely teams in the AFC that can beat them uh, just because of how weak that defense is. Uh, their running game isn't great. I mean, they're given Edwards, he the ball and, you know, he, he fails to run it, and, and, you know, and, the reason that they're two and two also is because of turnover issues. They've had a lot of turnovers, which I think those will pass. I don't think that that's like, that's not like a mortal wound. That's going to kill you. Like th- I think they can get that figured out, but I think Kansas city's really top heavy. They, they, you know, if, if somebody can find a way to just limit Mahomes, Tyreek and, uh, and Kelsey, and I get it, that's tough. But if you can find a way like Kansas city can't really run the ball, they can't really play defense. Um, I, I, feel like there's a lot more that I need to see from, from the chiefs this year to put them any higher. Yeah. Um, that's, it's all fair. And honestly, like, so if there's any chargers fans listening to this podcast, they're going to come after me for this. I have the chargers at eight and I know the chargers beat the chiefs. So like that might not be like fair necessarily. The only thing that, so here's the thing. So the chiefs, I have the chiefs ahead of the chargers. I've got them coming up soon. I just still think that I still think the chiefs with, you know, Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey, like 
that is like so dynamic and like so impossible to stop. And especially Tyreek Hill right now that I just don't, I don't think the chargers have like that where I can like, even though they beat them, like I, I know they beat them, but like, I think the chargers might have a better roster, but a lot of what I look at is still quarterback play. And as good as Justin Herbert is, he's just not Patrick Mahomes yet. And so I have the chargers at eight. I really like the chargers. And I think the chargers are actually going to continue to climb these rankings. Um, they've got a really good game coming up at home against the, uh, against the Browns. That's going to be a really fun game to watch this weekend. I just think for the chargers as good as like, as, as well as they've been playing, I still, there's still just some things I don't trust. And maybe that's just me being like, you know, hesitant, but you know, their defense has been, their defense has been good. Um, it's, and then they can run the ball. Okay. Uh, and then Herbert's been absolutely, you know, he's been dynamic and everything like that, but I just, I still worry about, um, I still worry because they're the chargers. I worry about their ability to, you know, consistently finish games. And I just think the chiefs ultimately are going to probably write it, but you know, right now, maybe the chargers are better, but I'm still going to give the nod to the chiefs, despite the fact they lost head to head, just because I trust the quarterback more. So, okay. So man, I guess, you know, we're going to hop around a little bit. We won't go chronological order. I think it's better to just go flow the conversation. So on the topic of the chargers, you want to know where I got the chargers? I got him at number four. Wow. LA Chargers, number four. Uh, I know that's a little bit of a stretch. I'm not sure it's going to last, but uh, there's a lot of reasons to be confident. So first of all, I've watched three of the Chargers four games uh, unintentional. It's, I mean, they played Dallas week two. So I obviously watched that full game. Kansas City, they had a great game in week three. I had to watch that one. And then Monday night football, you know, uh, it's just on while I'm doing homework. I ended up watching a lot of that one. Um, I also needed them to win for a, for a pick'em league. So that's why I had that game on. And the Chargers are a team that should be 4-0. That's first and foremost. You watch that Dallas game that they lost to a good Dallas team. Like the Cowboys look good this year. And they should have won that game. They, they pretty much threw it away. They had two touchdowns called back um, in that game, and they didn't get them back. So what like that was eight full points lost in that game. They had two red zone turnovers. Um, I mean, they, they threw that game away. And if you look at a lot of their games, they do that. Like that's, and that's what's scary about the chargers is kind of in their DNA has been for a while um, dating back to the Phillip river days and all that. But, and on top of that, they've also been penalized 33 times in four games, which is the third most in the league. And they have 384 penalty yards which is first in the league. So the thing is they're a young roster with a new coach and you look at, uh, you look at that and it's, it's Rocky. Like you, you know, they're three and one, but there's a lot of sloppiness that they need to clean up. Um, but they've had a tough schedule. I mean, they played the Raiders who were three and zero. they played Kansas city. They played Dallas and Washington. Like none of those are easy teams. Washington's probably the weakest, um, but they're three and one. And the thing is they have so much room to improve. Like the, the O-line looks awesome in comparison. Um, but I mean, all the penalties that they're getting, like that's gonna, that's gonna get cleaned up. You'd assume all the, you know, the defensive stuff, Brandon Staley's still introducing his stuff. Like there's a lot of room for improvement. So I think the fact that they're three and one, um, with a sloppy start, like, I don't know, man, I, I think the chargers are really, really good. And from what I've seen from them, they don't have a whole lot of weakness. They can play defense. They can rush the passer. Eckler's great in the run game and the pass game. Herbert's slinging the ball around Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are super impressive. Jared cook's been a great addition. Like, I don't know, man, there's just a lot to like about the chargers. Um, I'm probably a little too high on them. I don't think they'll, I don't think that they're overall the fourth best team in the league you know, come January. But I think right now, from what I've seen, I've got the Chargers at number four. Yeah, I think, honestly, you're, you make really good points. And, and I think if I, you know, I, I probably factored in projection a little bit too much into my um, into my thoughts on the Chiefs and the, uh, in the, Chargers. And the Chargers. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's that's kind of the that's the one thing, because I do still think the Chiefs are going to be better. Yeah. And the Chargers in the long run, but right now you're right. The Chargers have been good. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, it's really interesting this weekend. I mean, we'll talk about these games a little bit, but you know, Chiefs lose to Buffalo, which I think is going to happen. And you know, the Chargers can get a win versus Cleveland, which is going to be a great game four and one and two and three. That's a, that's a nice little two game lead there. So yeah. And they, and they still have the game, uh, the head to head for now. Yeah. So yeah. that that's a, that's definitely a big deal. I, um, 
I actually, I sort of agree with you. I, I think the Chiefs are going to lose, but I actually think the Chargers are too. Okay. So, and I can see that. Yeah. 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 I think, that's a, I think it's a hard matchup for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we move on to number seven. Uh, so I assume you've got Kansas City at six then. I do. Five, I do. I do. Six. Sweet. Um, so at seven, I know we had the same one on this one. Seven, yeah. we got the Dallas Cowboys. What do you yeah. see with Dallas to put them to put them there? Well, I mean, there's a lot to like right now with Dallas. I think, you know, I, I always, uh, you know, I, I like to give, you know, give crap to the Cowboys just cause it's fun to do. But, um, I mean, Dak's been real, Dak's been good. I mean, he's slinging the ball. He doesn't look hindered by anything. He's, you know, he's healthy. He's throwing it around. He's got all those great weapons. Uh, the two headed monster with Pollard and Zeke, 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 the last couple of weeks, I've actually been pretty impressed. I think he looked better running the ball than I would have expected. Yeah. And then it's yeah. obviously like, and then obviously Trayvon Diggs, the, uh, interception wizard, you know, just <laughs> five picks in four games. I mean, I think like, I think that's going to probably slow down. Like realistically, like that's not sustainable, but what is sustainable is him becoming a really top flight corner in this league, which is a big development for you guys. Yeah. So that's, that's like really, uh, really significant. I, I still think the Cowboys have like some, some problems. And I think a lot of it might still stem from, from Mike McCarthy. I'm not the biggest McCarthy fan. And I know you're probably not either. Yeah, but definitely not. I, I think Dallas is the Dallas has the talent. I mean, Dallas has the roster. Like they've had the roster in the past too to like go and like compete to to win the whole thing. Now, I just I still think there's a couple problems, and I'll let you I'll let you speak on it a little bit. I mean, as you know, Trayvon Diggs has been obviously really good. I still do worry about their back end a little bit. Yeah, um, just as a whole. I mean, you you look at their their safeties and their other corners. It's not pretty. Uh, Anthony Brown is he's the other corner from Trayvon Diggs, um, and yeah, no, he's he's bad. Like, there's just no way around it. He's not very good. He gets beat a lot. Uh, he was in in the Tampa Bay game. I mean, Antonio Brown went for like one ten on him in the first half. Um, so I mean, he gets beat a lot. There's still issues there. Um, our pass rush isn't the best. And granted, Demarcus Lawrence is missing right now, and we've had some young guys step up. Like the Dallas has had its fair share of sacks, but they do give up a lot of yards They're, uh Some of their issues defensively are masked by the fact that they're leading the league in takeaways right now. So they're doing a great job taking the ball away. And that's all I've said. I, if Dallas can be a defense, that's okay. You know, 16 to 20 in the league, but they can take the ball away that can win you games. That's what the chiefs do. I mean, that's what, that's what, that's how they've won their stuff. That's a way that you can win in the NFL nowadays, especially when their offense is this dominant. Um, and one thing, so, I mean, Dallas is one thing to look at They're They're, uh, putting up an average of 38 and a half in the last two games. Um, and those games, Amari Cooper and, uh, and CD lamb, both had three catches, I believe, in both those games uh, on like five targets. So there really weren't factors in the game. Uh, and Michael Gallup's on IR right now. So, I mean, Dallas is putting up major points by just running the ball and throwing it to tight ends. When in reality, a lot of people think our receivers are the best part of our offense. And Dax only, I mean, he had 14 completions last game. I think he was 14 to 22. They put up 36 on what was considered the best defense in the league so far. Granted, Carolina hadn't played anybody crazy good yet. But I mean, Dallas's ability to just win any type of way on offense is crazy. I mean, I don't know what defense can really defend them. I mean, a defense with a great pass rush is always going to help, but Tampa has a great pass rush and Dallas just quick passes all the way down the field because their receivers can get open pretty quick. So, I mean, they're, they're winning games and they're not super healthy right now. And I think another thing to look at is their schedule. They got the Giants, Patriots, uh, the Vikings, and then they go uh, Denver, Atlanta. I mean, that's five games. I'm not saying Dallas is going to win all of them. There's a potential that they could win all of them. And if you're eight and one going into a Kansas City game, like that's major confidence. So I, I think that Dallas definitely does have weaknesses, uh, and coaching is definitely one of them. Not all around, just Mike McCarthy, the head coach. I think he makes questionable decisions. Um, but I think right now Dallas has a lot to like, uh, and th they're definitely a top 10 team with, with room to go up in the, in the rankings. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. So who's your, uh, who's your number six? Have you, have you said who your number six is? Not yet. So my number six, this is going to be my most controversial one by far. Uh, number six, I got the Cardinals. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really bad. That's yeah. not good. 
People are not going to like that one. Uh, I can see why they're the last defeated team. I know. Um, and maybe I'm reading into this too much, but let's look at, let's, let's slow down real quick. Look at Arizona. First of all, they have a habit They're They're inconsistent. Like last year they were looking great and they, they faltered down the stretch. Still not sure that I trust them, but let's just look at their first couple games so far. So they came out and they crushed Tennessee. We're like, wow, that's amazing. And then week two, they had kind of a stinker against the Jags. They needed some Trevor Lawrence uh, mistakes to get him out of that one. And, uh, you know, it, it happened. They got out of it. They're 3-0. Um, but then what was their – oh, yeah, the Vikings game, week three. They they should have lost to the Vikings. Um, so Arizona is 4-0. And then, obviously, you know, they, they went in and they whipped the Rams, and they earned that one. They looked great in that one. That was their most convincing game for sure. Um, but we don't really know the Titans. We don't really know how good they are. They just lost to the Jets. They played the Jags, who we know aren't good. And then the Vikings should have lost that. They should have lost to the Vikings. So I think 4 0 is a little bit inflated. I definitely don't think that, um, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to discredit Arizona, uh, but I think they still have a lot to, to figure out. And, uh, you know, it's, it's working right now. Obviously, 4 0 is great, but I think. And maybe this is maybe I'm playing into final projections too much here, but I think Arizona is going to fall off. I still don't really trust them. Um, I think their record is a little bit deceitful at this point in the season. Um, but I I think I'm definitely in the minority on that opinion. Yeah, you are, uh, and I'm I'm like I'm also a little hesitant on the Cardinals, but I mean I can't deny what I've seen. Like I was hesitant, but I think I'm I'm willing to buy in a little bit after what I saw on Sunday in LA. I mean. And that's, that, was, that was impressive. I mean, that was that was the team that I thought the Rams was the best team in the NFL going into that week. And I still think the Rams are a top five team. Yeah. Um, and they went in and, and smacked them. I mean, it's hard. So I'll, I have the Cardinals at three. I mean, it's really hard. And I, I almost moved them even higher. It's hard for me to not, you know, put them, put them there. I mean, they're the only undefeated team in the league. Um, and you know what really what really impresses me is obviously Kyler Murray is playing at a really really high level right now. I think I think he's got an MVP chance this year if this continues. Um, you know they've got super dynamic weapons all around the field, and then they have a defense that's been pretty opportunistic and it's really fast. So they've got really good rushers up front with you know Chandler Jones. They've got super fast linebackers. You know Buda Baker back there. Um, the corners Byron Murphy had a, you know he's had a pick six. So they, they've been really like opportunistic and dynamic and all and, and, you know, both offensively and defensively. But I agree. I mean, the Cardinals still do worry me a little bit down the stretch. I think there's still some, you know, maybe immaturity just as a team because they haven't been in some of these moments. And, you know, and, and when they do start out hot, which they've started out hot before they start to, you know, falter. But I think this team looks a little bit. It looks better. I think, you know, J.J. Watt bringing it, you know, being, you know, bringing him in a little better in leadership, some different stuff. It's a really young team as, as a whole, but I think they've got enough. Uh, they, they have plenty of talent. I mean, they have plenty. They have enough talent to go win, to go win it. But the reason that I was so you know concerned going in was just because I thought, you know, first Cliff Kingsbury and I'm still concerned about him because I still think there's issues they have schematically that they shouldn't have. Yeah. And um, but it's hard for me to deny what I've seen. I mean, the Cardinals, like, I still think the Rams are better, even though what I just saw, but like, I have the Cardinals ahead of the Rams because I can't really put the Rams in front after they lost a 17, they lost at home by 17 to the to Arizona. So yeah, it's, I think I, I'm willing to buy into Arizona enough to put them in the top three. Like I'll put, I'll put it that way. Yeah. And that's fair. Um, I, I mean, a lot of people are going to put them there. Uh, they're probably number one on people's leaderboards. I think six is maybe a little low, but I just look at those teams in front of them and I don't know, man, I, I, I think Arizona is going to falter, but you're right. I mean, from what, you know, your four, no last undefeated team, uh, there's, there's probably more credit that can be given there, but um, you know, we'll, we'll see. And, and not to spoil it here, but I've got Arizona losing to the Niners this week. Um, and if they win that game and they're five and zero, oh, then I really can't deny, uh, you know, especially if they go in and beat them up like they did with LA. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, so, so number five, I've got the, Tampa Bay Bucks. Whoa. Yeah. Where do you got Tampa Bay? Number two. Number two. Wow. Yeah. So and the only the only thing so that, Bay or is it LA Rams? Huh? Is your is your five Green Bay or is it the Rams? It's it's Green Bay. 
Green Bay. Okay. I have the uh, I have the Rams at four. Okay. So that le- that tells you who my number one is. But yeah. Um. So the only thing that we're the the thing that's probably the most concerning with Tampa Bay right now is that their secondary is a hospital ward. Like everyone's hurt. <laughs> yeah. So like that that's a little bit that's definitely like concerning. But I mean. I mean, come on, like the Bucks, like they, I know it was tough in New England. They only put up 19 points, but like, I still thought Brady in that game, like, I mean, Belichick did honestly, and this is something I think you and I didn't, you know, think about is Belichick's really good at taking away what you like to do. So they basically kind of made him like hand the ball off a lot and check it down a lot yeah, and just let him be patient. But I mean, Brady still made like that throw to Antonio Brown was like one of the best throws of the year and Brown just couldn't haul it in. Yeah. So like he's, I mean, he's still playing at such a high level that like, you know, I think their offense is, is so dynamic. And I, and I think their defense is, is, you know, as the secondary being banged up, but I think once they all start coming back, their front four starting to look a little bit better each week, the linebackers are really good with, uh, with uh, Levante David and those guys who are, you know, so. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I get it. And, you know, if this were a playoff ranking, I think the Bucks are going to be different in January, but they've been underwhelming for me so far. I mean, I like they very easily could have lost to Dallas and Dallas really had no issues with their defense all night. I mean, if Dallas hadn't settled for field goals, if Tampa Bay hadn't tightened up in the red zone, that game would have been over a long time ago. Um, you know, their, their secondary is beat up right now, but I think even to begin, it wasn't that great. Like that was the thing Tampa relied on a pass rush. And I mean, Antoine Winfield in the back, he's, he's great, but I don't think he's a, he's a, I'm not trying to compare him to a Jamal Adams. Cause I think, you know, that's not necessarily the best comparison, but I don't think he's the best in pass coverage. He, you know, he's, he's not the most comfortable back there. He's much better as a physical kind of a linebacker type safety. Um, but no, I, I think that uh, you look at the Bucks secondary and they've kind of been, they've kind of been torn apart by everyone. I mean, the Falcons had their, had their number until the fourth quarter, even Stafford, we know what happened then. And then Mac Jones has probably his best game of his career in the rain. I believe he was 31 of 40. So, I mean, I think there's a fair case to be made that Tampa Bay is, has a problem in the secondary that's not going to be fixed even with health. Cause I don't know that Sean Murphy bunting and you know, whoever they've got out there, uh, I forget one of the dude's name, 24. Um, but they Carlton, Carlton Davis. He's the guy yeah, who just got hurt. Yeah, that's right. Carlton Davis. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how how big of a difference that makes. And when you look at the NFC and there's there's uh Green Bay and Arizona and the Rams and uh the Cowboys that can all kind of toss the ball around, you know, Tampa Bay might lose some of that dominance factor. I think there's definitely a case to be made that teams can stick in it with them. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's fair. Like that, none of that's unfair. And I mean, I think, you know, two we'll see, maybe, maybe not. I mean, I know they lost to the Rams and I've got the Rams behind them and whatever, but that's kind of hard. You know, it's, it's hard to be able to see them just purely based on, uh, you know, just head to head stuff. But I, I still think the bucks, I just think the bucks offensively, I know that it was a little bit of a struggle at new England. I still think the bucks offensively are really tough yeah. just because of how like, and I know like, you know, Gronk's going to be out a little bit now and that, that's going to hinder the offense, but he'll get back. And when he does, it's just going to start, you know, it'll start humming again. And I just think Brady's like, I, Tom Brady's like the most amazing, like, yeah, it's like the most amazing thing I've ever seen is that he <laughs> continues to get better at his age. Like, I mean, he's like playing as good, like he's playing as well as he ever has. And he just, it's he's 44 or it's whatever. It is. It's like when he first said he could play till he might want to play till he's 50. I laughed. Uh, who am I to doubt him now? I mean, like, <laughs> he might like he he continues to play so well and he looks as good as he ever has i don't i don't know what am i like who am i to say he can't be attainable at this point yeah um barring injury but i mean with the rules on tom brady he's basically playing two-hand touch out there (laughs) yeah he's and he's just slinging it and i don't know i i think the bucks ultimately are still really good and maybe i'm projecting too much because i i I think tampa's gonna win the super bowl again so wow. I just, okay. I just, I just think I know the, some of the shortcomings they have, but yeah, I've watched, well, I, I wouldn't doubt if this, I mean, if this was a playoff, yeah, uh, if this is a playoff power ranking, you, you know, I got Tampa Bay at number one, too. Well, yeah. Because it's, it's all, and it's all because of number 12. So it's just, 
it's, it's hard. I just, but I do think they're really good. I, I think their secondary is a problem, but I think everywhere else they're really strong. So I'm, I'm willing to put the bucks at two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, we already talked about the Rams a little bit with the, with the Seahawks game. Um, I think we, we've talked about the Rams a lot. I've got LA at two and that does feel a little high. Um, they haven't played the best the last couple of weeks, obviously, but I mean, there's just not a lot of weakness with that LA team. I think they're re- re- really well-rounded. Um, and I think they're going to give Brady problems in the playoffs. I think they have the biggest threat to give the Bucks issues in the playoffs, like just with the personnel and the matchups. And, you know, we already saw what happened, but um, yeah. So I've got the Rams at two, you've got them at four uh, Packers. You've got at five, I've got them at three. Uh yeah, three feels a little high, honestly. Um, I I would consider f- flip flopping the Packers and the Bucks. Bucks at three, Packers at five. Um, but I mean, since that Week One debacle, I mean, they look pretty solid. Yeah, no, they have They're, Green Bay. The reason I can't put Green Bay any higher than five is I'm just a little concerned about their defense. I don't I don't think it's it's like not quite at the level where I'm willing to put them ahead of teams like the Rams and Bucks and yeah. you know and teams like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, like, I mean, all that talk about after week one about how, oh, maybe he's just going to throw the season. Like that's the stupidest thing I'd ever heard. And yeah. he's, he's proven it. He's proven it. I mean, he's still so good and he's got, you know, Devonte Adams and Randall Cobb. It was a big Randall Cobb game last Sunday. Randall um, Cobb and Aaron, that was a great signing because yeah. you have a connection and chemistry. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and Randall Cobb like still has, I think some pretty good game in him. I, I don't know how good he is anywhere else, but with Rogers their their chemistry is so good and they've been really good together over the years. So I think it was super smart of, you know, Aaron to make a push for that because Randall Cobb's still only, I think 31 years old. So like, he's not like too old yet. He still has a couple of years of good football in him. No, he's, he played fine. I mean, he was in Dallas 2019 yeah. and he had yeah. a quiet 900 yards receiving. He was almost a thousand. Yeah, no. He's, he's a he really productive year and, yeah. Tied it down a little bit, but he's always been a productive slot receiver. He's yeah. a good player. So like, and it was a, it was a smart, um, it was a smart signing for sure. But I just, I kind of worry about um, their defense and Jair Alexander's banged up. So yeah, that's a, that's a big deal. And yeah. And uh, we'll see. So I just, I just think their defense leaves some to be desired, but yeah, they are, uh, they're, they're still good. Three might be a little, I'm actually going to revise this on the air. I'm going to go Packers at five. Bucks at three. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think that makes sense. I think that's totally fair, but it it also, uh, so it sounds like we agree on our number one, the Buffalo bills. I don't even think it's that close right now. The bills, the bills are fantastic. I mean, like I I know like who they played. I I know it was the dolphins who have really struggled offensively. And then Davis mills, but in today's NFL to pitch two shutouts, it's absurd. It's absurd. And so like, I mean, they are, I mean, they're just humming like after week one. And I remember, if you remember, we talked on the podcast after week one, I wasn't even concerned about that. Like it happens like, you know, it's week one, weird things can happen. And you know, the Steelers just had a really good outing defensively and Josh Allen was off and whatever, and things happen. But I mean, since then the last three games, I mean, the bills look really, really nasty. I mean, they, I mean, Josh Allen's playing well again, that he's throwing it around. Emmanuel Sanders is really getting involved in the passing game, you know, with all the extra attention, getting to Stephon Diggs, Dawson Knox at tight end. He's, he's, he's becoming a, like he's an emerging, he's yeah. emerging as like a really good tight end in the NFL. Yeah. Um, I've always liked him, but I think this might be kind of his coming out year as like a guy that like is pretty clearly a top 10 tight end. Cause I think he actually is. Yeah. Um, and I think he'll, you know, prove it this year. Um, and then, I mean, their defense is like, is nasty right now. I, it's mean, do- I mean, the secondary is dominant. Yeah. They, they shut everything down. Like yeah, it I, is- I saw a PFF stat. I mean, first of all, they've outscored their last three opponents, 118 to 21. So that's <laughs> yeah. insane in the NFL. I mean, that's just ridiculous. doesn't matter who you're playing. Um, but the thing that's crazy is, so I, I, they have the best passing offense, or I mean, passing defense right now. So they're the best against the pass. And uh, another stat I saw, PFF, they haven't given up a pass play of 20 yards of air distance, I believe it was. So, like, teams are having to dump it down. They're not doing anything. And you know what's crazy about that is take into consideration that they're up by 40 or 20 in these games. And so teams are just passing the ball the whole half. It's not like they're down and teams are just running on them. Like, that's not a deceiving stat. Like, teams are throwing the ball on them because they're losing. 
and they're still dominating. So I think that's just crazy. Like, I think that says a lot about where Buffalo is right now. Yeah. I mean, they're, they are like stifling defensively and, you know, and they're, they're a lot better up front too. That was kind of one of the biggest issues they had, you know, going into this season coming off the last season they just lack some stuff on the defensive front. They made some additions to it and then they're paying off. They're playing really well. Like the bills right now, like, I mean, maybe the only thing about the bills is like, you know, they don't have maybe a great running attack, but the thing is it's good enough with Singletary and Moss and they're really good in the short yardage situations running the ball. And Josh Allen's obviously a factor. He's a factor in the running game as well. And I mean, man, the bills are, they're also super well coached. We know that McDermott's a great head coach. He's one coach of the year. Brian Dayball's like a, is a really good coordinator who I think it's just a matter of time now before he gets a head coaching job. Um, it's a, it's a good team. I mean, that is a really good team and they have a, and any, and I mean, I can see why there might still be some doubts about the bills, but the bills have a real opportunity this Sunday at Kansas city in primetime. Um, I think that's going to be a hard game for them. Um, I think it will too. It's just a mental block too of like, yeah. Oh, and I, cause the thing is as good as I think Buffalo is, I kind of think they're going to lose on Sunday. Really? The more, yeah. I've, the more I've thought about it, I think they're better, but it just seems like it's a hard, it's a hard mental block. And that shows with, you know, as good as the bills have been, the chiefs are still favored. Um, yeah, it would be so, interesting to have Buffalo lose that game. I mean, cause I think, I don't know if that a lot would change. Like we'd still think of them as maybe the best team in the league, but uh, they'd be yeah. three, they'd be three and two. So I mean, I think it would say more. It would say more about the Chiefs if the Chiefs are able to win that game and like look good against Buffalo. Then like the Chiefs are coming back into form is more of that what that would tell me. Yeah. So speaking of that, let's get into these games. We've got um, about maybe ten minutes to try and cover these five games. So they, we're going to make these lightning quick. Like you make one point and go. Um, we've got five games to cover this week. We're going to start with Browns and Chargers. LA is favored by one and a half. Uh, I've got the chargers. Who do you got? I like the Browns on the road. And I, I, this, this feels like a, this feels like a big miles Garrett game. You know, the chargers offensive line has been very, very good for the most part, but I just, I think the Browns defense, this is going to be the best, you know, defense the chargers have seen. And I think the Browns have a real like defensively have a real chance to make a big statement. Um, and then I just think, you know, Baker needs to stay away from turnovers. He can't, he can't turn the ball over on the road. And so, but this is, this is like one of my favorite matchups of the week, honestly. Like I know everyone's talking about, uh, chiefs bills, but this might be like my, the one I'm most looking forward to. I think there's a lot of interesting stories in this game, but I think this is a big opportunity for both teams. I, I like the, but I do like the Browns on the road. Um, I think it could be a kind of a low scoring game, um, really physical, competitive. I like the Browns by three on the road. So I'll take them to win and obviously cover as their underdogs. Yeah. So I, I got the chargers. Um, I, I do think the Browns defense could have a big mismatch here. Uh, Parsons back in week two um, had eight pressures on that left tackle of the, uh, of the chargers. So they're not great on the tackles and that's where miles Garrett will hit you. So they're going to have to do some work to slow that down. Um, but I think they've got great options in the short game. Keenan Allen gets open quick. Austin Eckler's great out of the backfield. So I think they're going to have some success, but I agree. Lower scoring game, um, but I'll, I'll take Herbert over Baker, and that's pretty much what it comes down to. So I've got the Chargers moving to four and one, and you know I got to back my confidence in them. I put them at the fourth best team in the league. So prove it to me this week, Chargers. Let's go. Uh, I got the Chargers winning that one and covering, obviously. Um, we got Bills and the Chiefs, Kansas City, two and a half point favorites. I've got the Bills in this one. I think uh, the Bills pass defense is going to be put to the test, obviously. But I mean, that's what Kansas City does. They throw the ball around the yard and they score points that way. And that's been Buffalo's strength all year long. I, you know, got to back it up. If you're really that if you're really that defense and you're really that team, they're coming off of, you know, two out of the last three games have been shutouts and nobody's had a chance against them in the past game. Granted, Patrick Mahomes isn't. Jacoby Brissett and he's not Davis Mills. So it's going to be a lot harder. Uh, but I, I think the bills it's playing right into their strength. And um, I think this is their time. Ravens beat them earlier this year. They beat the chiefs. Uh, I think, I think this is the bills time. Yeah, I, it's hard. It's a hard game. Cause I think the bills are better, but I just, I have this feeling there's this, it's just a mental block. It's, you know, Kansas city in prime time. I'm going to take the chiefs. I'm going to take them to win. What do you have the line? At, is it two and a half? Is that what you have the line at? 
Yep, two and a half. Okay, so I have the Chiefs. I have the Chiefs winning and covering, not by much, three or four. I think they'll win by three to five points. But I'll give them a. I'll give them the cover. I feel like this could be a big Travis Kelsey night um, with some of the ways, with some of the things that the Bills have uh, done, taking away the like Tyreek Hill. We'll see how effective this, he can be, especially down the field. I'm not anticipating a big game down the field, but I could see a lot of Travis Kelsey in this game. And I and like I said, I just think that. You know, the Bills are – I think the Bills are better overall. I just have this feeling that it's going to be a tougher night for them to win just being on the road at Kansas City, kind of just the that mental block like I mentioned and you mentioned. So, yeah, I'll take Mahomes in this matchup. I think I think the Chiefs uh, – I think the Chiefs will uh, play well offensively. They'll stay away from turnovers in this game, which has been a problem for them. And I think maybe Josh Allen commits one or – you know, one kind of big mistake in the game that gives the Chiefs the uh, – advantage here and I'll, I'll take the chiefs to win a really good, really good game though. It'll be fun. Yep. Um, I I'm excited for that one. Speaking of gut feelings, uh, we got the 49ers and the Cardinals Niners, two and two Cardinals, four, no 49ers reportedly are still unsure on their QB situation. So not, not anymore though. They oh, just anymore. They just finished. Yeah, Trey, it's Trey Lance as of 20 minutes ago. Wow. As of 20 minutes ago. Okay. Wow. We broke it live on the air. Uh, <laughs> That's nice. All right. So yeah. So Trey Lance against the Cardinals, um, his first start. And, uh, you know, I know, I know this Cardinals offense is way better than the Niners offense is. Um, and I, you know, San Francisco's defense going to have their hands full. They're weak in the secondary. Um, they're going to have to win this in the trenches and kind of slow down the game. They're going to have to run the ball, run the ball, you know, take, take time. And I actually think Trey Lance helps him with that. I wrote that in my notes. If Trey Lance starts, that helps him with more of the rushing threat. And I think that's gotta be Shanahan's game plan going into this is run the ball, slow the game down and, you know, hope to get some pressure and win in the trenches. But, um, you know, Arizona's given up 135 rushing yards a game. That's one thing right now that they're kind of struggling with. So Niners have to take advantage of that. Um, but I'm, you know, Arizona should win this game, but it's just my gut telling me that, you know, this is the NFC West. It's going to be a tight division all year long. And I think the Niners backs are against the wall. I think the Cardinals, you know, they're, they're flying high right now. They just killed LA. So, you know, who's the Niners? Um, I think that that could be their mentality coming into this. Uh, you know, they're a young team and uh, I, I just think the Niners are going to pull this one out. If the Cardinals win this game, you better start giving some respect to them next week. Oh, I know. I know. Especially if they win it handily. I got to, um, I, I actually don't think they're going to win it handily. I do think the Cardinals will win, but I have the card. The line I, I have is at them by five. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to thread the needle. So I'll, I'll take the Niners to cover, but the Cardinals to win. Okay. Um, I think, it'll, I think it'll be a tight game, but I, I can't pick against um, Arizona with how they're playing. And it's really hard for me to pick a rookie on the road in the divisional matchup in his first career start. Um, I just can't go there. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the Cardinals to win this game, you know, by three to four points, a really competitive, hard fought divisional game. So I'll take the Niners to cover the spread and the Cardinals to win the game. Sweet. Okay. We're disagreeing a lot this week. Wow. Um, that was the first one we agreed on. So we got, yeah, two- that's, that's good. I need to make up ground. I'm pretty sure I'm behind. Yeah. I think you're behind by a game or two. We both haven't done great spreads. No. Are kind of hard. They're, they're we're, tough. Also, we're also picking the best three or best five games of the week. So yeah, we can- it's hard. No, they, they can be tough. They can be tough for sure. It can go either way out in these games usually. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm dude in my pick em league, I'm doing great. I think I'm 47 and 18 this year and I'm leading. That's really good. That is good. So, but the thing is in the, yeah, in the close spread games, these are, these are tough to pick. So, um, okay. Well, we got two more. So Packers and Bengals, uh, Green Bay's three point favorites. I think this game actually has a chance to be really good. Um, Jamar no, Chase and, and, that crew coming in there against a beat up Packers secondary. I think that could cause some issues. Um, but you know, I think the Packers are, they're just the better team here. And, uh, I think Rogers is going to get it done, but I would not be shocked if the Bengals won this game. Um, but I will take the Packers to cover in a close one. No, the, the Bengals are kind of a fraudulent three and one. I'm sorry. I, I don't think they're bad, but they're, they're not three and one good. Green Bay is going to show it. I've got green Bay by 14. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think the Bengals, if they do win, 
are they a fraudulent foreign one or are you giving the Bengals? I, okay. So like, like you with the Cardinals, I'm willing to give the Bengals credit if they do, if they win this game, okay. like I, I will give, I will give it to them. But I'm, if, if it goes how I'm expecting and the Packers control it, then I'm just gonna be like, yeah, the Bengals are not very good. They just got you know some nice, some nice luck at the beginning. Yeah. They're where we thought they were in the rebuild. If they lose this game by, you know, 17 or whatever, but um, yeah. So then last game, my boys against the giants, I am a little bit taken aback, a little bit shocked at what I've seen from the media this week. Uh, Dallas is seven point favorites in this game. I think that is perfectly fair. A lot of people are hopping on the Daniel Jones train that I've seen. uh, And I don't really get it. Uh, They're they're saying this one, you know, they think this one's going to be close. I get it. It's a divisional matchup, but let's be real here. The Cowboys own the Giants. Uh, New York hadn't beat the Cowboys since 2016 before they beat him last year with Andy Dalton and company. Um, so we own the giants and have been for a long time. Uh, I think Dallas is winning this one handily. I don't think there's any way the giants uh, defense can slow down that offense. Um, I'd be disappointed to see Dallas lose this one. I think Cowboys cover that seven point spread and win, obviously. I'm very confident in Dallas winning. I'm going to take them to cover and I'm little, uh, that's concerning because I could see this game kind of being in that seven to 10 point range. I think Dallas is definitely a lot better. It's just a divisional game. So you, you kind of have to worry about, you know, weird things happening. It's just competitive. They're hard fought games. I think if the game was in New York and this was the line, I might take the giants to cover, but I feel like Dallas at home um, on the fast track. And I, I just think their offense, I don't know. I don't think they're going to have too much, trouble moving the ball, but I, I do think Daniel Jones will actually be able to make some plays in this game. I don't think yeah. Dallas's defense will play that well. So I could see a pretty high scoring game, but yeah. I, I like the Cowboys. No, I, I could see it. I think this could be a game where giants are keeping pace in the first half. We got a 21 17 game or whatever. And then Dallas kind of pulls away. Uh, I could see a 40 burger for the Cowboys in this one. Uh, that's what <laughs> there's, a, there's a Cowboys analyst that I listen to. And he always refers to the 40 point games as the 40 burger. I think Dak's cooking one up this week. If this game ended like 41 31, I wouldn't even be that surprised. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's like a crazy shootout. I just feel like there could be some points in this game. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Um, I, I don't. Yeah. I think Cowboys will cover the seven. I think they'll win by more than touchdown, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was 10 to 12 points. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's all we got on the show this week. Thank you guys for tuning in. We are uh, pumped for week five and, you know, we'll see how some of these predictions and uh, these power rankings fluctuate throughout the weeks. But uh, thank you guys for joining us and we'll be back with you guys every Friday here on the Freight Take.